on this episode of Quantum Week, December 13th through 19th, 1987. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about the hit movies, the hit songs, our stories, the headlines of the time. And we are in uh, mid-December 1987 talking about, um, what the fuck are we talking about? We're talking about Eddie Murphy Raw. Yep. And uh, George got, Harrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, I got my mindset on you. I think it's just got my mindset on you. Sure. I get confused because it's a cover. Um, do we have anything we need to get uh, talk about off the, off the, uh, uh, off the top? Patrons, uh, you might want to check your podcast feed on Christmas. We might have something there for you. Um, uh, and then obviously next week we're about, or two weeks uh, we're off next week, and then two weeks we'll be back with Mad Max Fury Road and San Andreas. San Andreas, did we say was going to be the, the Patreon, Patreon show? show? Yeah. yeah. Mad Max Fury Road is absolutely going to be the real show. Oh, no. I, I think it should be. I just yes. I figured that San, San Andreas did do well in the it box number one that week. 50, $53 that week. million dollar opening. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Because The Rock. I guess The Rock can really open. I'm sure. I know you're a big Rock fan, so you, you'll probably be all excited to watch mm, that. I've liked some Rock stuff. I yeah, think it's charming. Like that. Yeah, like the rundown, I thought was pretty fun. I've not seen it, but I'm sure it's... Wildly entertaining. I'm sure one day we'll run into it. I hope so. Yeah. I think The Rock is charming. I'd like to meet that guy. I'd love to have a beer with The Rock. Do you not want to talk to The Rock? I, I sure. I mean, I guess he seems like a nice enough guy. Uh, sure. I don't. I don't think he's like. Just, I don't. He doesn't. His his talents don't amuse me. They're not that. I don't think. You know, he does great are not things that I find very compelling. Yeah, I get that. Um, I, I'm sure we'll talk about him more. It's our first Rock movie, I think. Right. First time encountering him on the I, show. I guess that's right. How about that? Uh, so that'll be a big episode for us. <laughs> Sounds so On the Patreon. On <laughs> the Patreon. Um, you're probably going to like it. So uh, I, might, I might. I might love it. No, you won't. So And then, uh, uh, so we don't want to use check. Check your inbox. Yes, on the, okay. there may be something. There may. Why, like, why are you being so coy about it? Are you deciding not to record a show with me? Again? I think we can. <laughs> Cross our mind. Uh, no, I think we'll, uh, well, no, I just, we'll just. Why do you not want to promise it? Because I think it's more fun if it's a surprise on Christmas Day. No. Well, then don't even bring it up at all. This fucking koi bull bullshit half and half. That's not like you. You're, you go, you're all the way Chris. That's what we just, that's what we call you. Don't ever say that again. All the way Chris? Uh, no, don't ever say it again. Uh, Eddie Murphy, raw. All right. You want to talk about yes. that? Um, so what do you, I, I actually, so I found myself laughing, uh, which I thought was a good sign. Mm -hmm. I was worried. I mean, there's some stuff. But I really tried to go into it and not think about the stereotype stuff. I just, I was like, can I just turn that shit off for a little while and just see if it's funny? And there are parts where it kind of drags a little bit, but, but I did laugh and I thought it was funny. How do you feel about Raw looking at it in uh, 2021 eyes? Um, well, yeah, I guess there's two things. It's the 2021 element and there's just the being a funny movie or funny stand-up set element. Um, I guess that as far as being funny, it's there's a lot of parts where it drags. Like it's it's the whole second act. So the first yeah. act is um he has a great bit right up top about Bill Cosby, yes. which is really funny. The impressions is great. Uh, kind of just impressions so funny that even though because how this 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 set works is right away you can watch for free. It's on Netflix. It's it's, on, it's even unedited. I texted is, you. Try you. Wild. We'll tell the audience. Like, yeah. you know this, but I texted Chris because I was like. Can we really, is it, is this gonna, I see it on Netflix. Is this really not edited? Cause I, I fully expected yeah. that it would have been. 
uh, yeah, I'm sure one day we'll be taken off. So I guess catch it while you can. Um, and uh, he does a, it's a very funny Bill Cosby. It's very, you know, it just shows you the fraud that Bill Cosby is. It's even funnier, like we talked about in the Leonard Part 6 episode, that this opened up the same weekend as Leonard Part 6, and it destroyed Leonard just Part destroyed 6. Just destroyed uh, and, um, and it's a really funny impression, and it holds up. Even though, like, the, the, how his, Eddie's comedy works, if you haven't seen this special, is he'll just kind of go on almost like play acting um, with these, like, fake dialogues. It almost yes. looks like you're seeing kind of like a one-man show in a way. Uh, uh, and I don't know, in my... In my opinion it doesn't always lend itself great to comedy it's not particularly funny all the time it just can kind of just be this like fake conversation i my favorite kind of comedy is like a storyteller uh uh that mixes in jokes as he's kind of telling this kind of story that's usually my but even like a joke if you're just doing straight jokes like i know that he's not as popular as he once was but like jerry seinfeld like i know like like mike uh my geary uh, doesn't like it i think he's gonna have a um a why are you laughing where he kind of rips into jerry yeah um i i'm a little older than mike so i really idolize jerry uh and i think he's really great i think the craftsmanship of building a joke and then working it from syllable to syllable to make it as like almost like a finely crafted um piece of machinery is really interesting to me he's not improvising anyway anyway he, he's everything he's, he's it's like practicing a science. that it's exactly. the science right. of comedy with jerry yes and then you have people like louis ck who are i've seen him do a, a few sets in, in person or even like a norm mcdonald that kind of tell kind of meandering stories norm's his own element because norm is so irreverent and so bizarre but norm does tell a lot of stories sometimes they don't go anywhere and just that's the bizarreness of <laughs> yes. norm uh, but with Louis, it's more, it is more meat and potatoes comedy um, where you're kind of just telling a story and then peppering jokes as you go. John Mulaney is, for my money, the best stand-up working today. Really? Um, yeah. I've never seen a stand-up. I should check it out sometime. I was really lucky. I got to see him do a set at Comedy Cellar where we just did a pop-in. Yeah. And then I saw him do a full set at, at, at Caroline's when I was in New York. And um, I think his stuff is just hysterical. And he tells... Some of his stories, that's my favorite, is maybe an example of kind of storytelling comedy. He tells stories about growing up in high school or, or even like, you know, being in New York and dealing with just New York stuff or just whatever it is. Um, his stories are, are really funny in the way it's not just kind of leading up to a punchline. There are a lot of great jokes along the way. Sure. Where Eddie is more like these fake conversations. Um, that can drag. The other thing is, so the first act has the Bill Cosby stuff, which is maybe probably the best part well, of the and show. And the Mr. T too, which was shorter, but that was still yeah. funny. Uh, the second act, which is the longest part of this element, is basically Don Juan and Eddie Murphy, where he kind of, you know, he's not even 30 years old, and he's telling us kind of, how, he's like the love doctor. Yeah. And and that Eddie is not great Eddie. Like, it's the same Eddie we saw, like, in Boomerang, or he kind of falls into that trap in the early 90s, where he becomes, like, this, like, uh, you know, guy that knows all about women chauvinistic and, guy who knows a lot about yeah women. and it's like it's just kind of like I, I mean i get it's you know comedy like that can work on a lot of uh, you know it's e it's easier comedy to tell because everyone can kind of understand relationships so you sure. can kind of just have those those big big swings at that but like i don't know like it, to me it felt it felt boring I was really like, eh, I, I didn't think that was very interesting. And then the last act, he has this great, one of my favorite Amy Murphy sets is about McDonald's. Yes. Back when he's a little kid, That's he right. wanted McDonald's, but his mom insisted on making a homemade <laughs> meal. Uh, I must have heard that set, oh my God, uh, in my life, you know, 
in in the hundreds because I would listen. I've always talked about how I would listen to uh, WERZ, which is a pop station. They were right. Rick D's and the Weekly Top Forty. Yes, which I think Matt listened to you as well. Yep. And then after that was over, ERZ for some reason would play this. Um, or Richard Belzer, uh, a comedian, had a uh, an hour long, basically almost like a comedy showcase show where he just played clips of comedians and. That clip, because it's probably the only clip from this you could actually play in the without radio. Without the F word. Or the F word. <laughs> and uh, he would play that. And it was, um, it was it's also just really accessible because every, every little kid that's under the age of, well, now, if you're listening to this, under the age of 60, wanted to go to McDonald's. No, and knows what this is like. Yeah. Like, oh, no, we're not. Gonna, um, I'll make you something better at home. Like, right. We've but had that experience. But yeah, it's better for the adult, but not better for the kid. No, it's not. And then like Eddie Murphy, you're like kind of crying. Yes. Uh, and the kids are dancing going, I got McDonald's. Oh, yes. Like, that's so funny. Um, so like, so you can see kind of the glimmers there, but like the whole like Don Juan, Eddie Murphy is like a big no thanks. So and, actually, I'm going to give this a C minus and, and it's a thumbs down. Oh, wow. It's, that's a big part of it too. That it's is a huge, it's a huge, it's a it, half the show. It's really a big section of it. Uh, I'm going to give this a, um, so I'm going to give it a B minus thumbs up. I think people should see it. Maybe Cause I laughed. And my C minus might be hard. Maybe, maybe a C is closer. I, I just, I was really just like, all right, I, I get it. You, you fuck a lot of women. Congratulations. Eddie. Well, but part of it too is the spectacle and maybe you know it more. I've forgotten. Like I know I, was, I saw Raw a long time ago and I'd listen, I'd probably listen to it more, I would guess. Um, I listened to Delirious. I listened to Raw. But you forget, I forgot how fast he is. Yes. Um, he is just, his brain works so goddamn quick. Like he is, he is, um, he, he's just like a bull. Like you can't, he, he's an unstoppable for an hour and a half or an hour and 20 minutes, whatever it was. Right. His impressions are so good. He has tons of energy, tons, tons of confidence. Of like it's just, it's a spectacle and it's fun to kind of go along the ride, even in the parts that drag. It's a me. spectacle, but we're not there. See, that's the other thing too, is like, yeah. I'm giving this a C minus because I'm not giving a C minus on the, the comedy. I'll like, I'm not giving this a C minus based on other comedy specials, like Mike might do on like, why are you laughing? And he isn't great. But you know what I mean? Like I'm not, yeah, yeah. This, we're, we're, the, we're a movie, movie show right. compared to other movies. I see that. And like, to me, the like comedy, like watching comedy on TV just doesn't hit the same way. It's like, not going to be as good. When you're there, like part of it's just the energy, the excitement, just being, hearing other people laugh next to you is going to be, it's infectious. Like being at a comedy club, being at the comedy cellar is one of my favorite places in the world. It's, like it is the best. It's riskier in person too, because if you know, on some level, you know, if it's on TV, then someone's okayed it. But in the cellar. Back or, the, yeah, I guess maybe the audiences were different. I mean, this is pretty wild. It is. Like, this is, this, this jokes that he tells in this show are jokes I haven't heard at a comedy club in a long time because it's not acceptable anymore. But you know what I mean by, like, they could, they could really, like, they could, they could yeah. either fall on their face. I mean, in the excitement of being in a comedy, especially the seller, because you don't know who's going to come up. And then it's, I also like that showcase format a little better. Uh, it's, it's quicker. Uh, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like John Mulaney is a, a full set. That's, that's great. Norm did a full set. That was amazing. It's like the highlights of my. How long are York. they when they, when they do a full set? Oh, they have an opener. The opener would go for like, I don't know, anywhere between like, I don't know, 10 to 20. Sometimes yeah, yeah, they would yeah. even have two openers. Maybe the first opener one goes for like five. Right. And then they, they would do, I don't know, 45 to an hour. I saw Bob Saget here in New Hampshire since I've been back. That was like a two-hour set. It was like, oh, my, oh my I want to go God. home. It was so long. And he even like took questions kind of afterwards. It was just, it never ended. That's uh, too much. Brian Regan, I saw him do a set here in New Hampshire. Brian Regan's more of like a G-rated comic, if you will, doesn't swear. Uh, and um, it was a fine set. But the problem was both in Derry and I saw Regan and Portsmouth. They're in theaters and they're bigger. You want to be in a small room, super... Yeah. Uh, intimate. That's the best place to see comedy. But you know, Regan's set was was fine. But 
Um, but it's still more fun even just being there. Just being there is going to be so much more fun when it comes to comedy. Yeah. And, um, you know, watching it on TV, which I know if you live in, although, I mean, there's comedy clubs all over, but if you live in the Midwest, you live in a more rural area, or if you just have kids and life just gets busy, you're just not going to see a lot of comedy in person, especially during COVID there. even. Yeah. Uh, but that's the case in like something like Bo Burnham special. Like that works a lot better because Bo Burnham's like, all right, like I have these funny ideas. I'm going to now make it so it's more of a all-consuming media experience than just doing an hour and a half of stand-up. Yes. But so was prior in moving, movie theater? How often was this happening? <laughs> yes. Okay. So unfortunately, I don't know a ton. So the prior, prior did it, prior did a stand-up special that was absolutely movie theaters. Um, yes, because he was the second, he, uh, cause Eddie Murphy broke the right. record for that. Yes. It was like 38 million in the box. Sunset Strip one, I think it was. That might be um, uh, and, uh, but what Eddie Murphy's doing here, uh, is so wild and fearless when you consider who he was at the time. So when he does this, this is right before coming to America. Comes yep. out. So think about it. He's the biggest, one of the biggest, if not the biggest movie star in the world. He just done Beverly Hills Cop, which I think was the number one movie that year. Uh, he uh, had done Trading uh, Trading Places, which is a huge hit. 48 Hours, huge hit. He's obviously done the SNL run. Yep. Like this is a guy at the peak of his powers and he does a stand-up special. Like and he does like, yeah. name the only, per, only like comp I could even think of where a major star, like the biggest star, one of the biggest stars going, does stand up, you know, as he's yeah. the biggest star, is Steve right. Martin. Uh, in 1979, the jerk comes out, and that's, but that's when he stopped doing it. He's like, I couldn't do stand up anymore. Cause what happens, I would go on stage and people weren't laughing at the jokes. They were just laughing because they recognized me from movies. Mm. And like, um, these theaters I'm playing now are so big that it's not that intimate thing. And like, you, you can't even see the faces. You can't even hear the laugh anymore. It's just like a, it's, it's, it's not personal at all anymore. He does a great book. I cannot recommend enough born standing up. It's a biography, but it's not a typical biography because it talks really about the process of comedy, kind of like what made him want to do it. And then like what happened when he was struggling yeah. and what happened when he got famous and how like the fame was great for some things, but it was awful for his comedy. Mm. And so Eddie, uh, that book is fantastic. Born standing up. Cannot recommend enough. It's a really quick read. It's, it's maybe the best biography I've read. Uh, autobiography, right? Um, what Eddie's doing is uh wild because he's not he's not just doing his act. He's like Matt said, full energy. I don't I don't think for a second he's taking a minute off. No, which sometimes you see people get famous and they kind of just slack. No, with something like this, he's all in, relentless, a thousand percent. And his comedy is he pulls no punches. Now Delirious had a lot more anti-gay stuff. In yeah, it. this though. He, and even look at the way he sets that joke up, which is a joke I don't agree with. Um, it's, it's a joke. I don't think anyone listening to the show agrees with. It's a, you know, but it's a different time. I'm not, I'm not saying it's right, but listen to how the joke is set up. I'm not going to say the whole joke. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Even those Patreon, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> but he said, you know, some people basically, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing him. So I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't, don't want to butcher your joke. Goes on Netflix. Too long, but he's basically saying, oh, oh, some people had some issues with some of the homosexual jokes I told from my last special. But, um, then he, he's like, you know, I was really sorry if I upset any F words. Yes. So he, he kind of disarms you, right? He's like, and you kind of think, oh, he, you know, if you're in that moment, you're like, oh, he's a big star. Um, he's, he's obviously kind of going to, and he tells it right at the top of the show and it's done for effect. He's like, all right, you know, he's a big star. He's going to pull some punches here. He's too famous to tell his jokes. Nope. Nope. He goes all over the haymaker and um, it's not right to call people that, um, but 1987, it was a still a shocking thing to say to some extent, like in that for a big star to say that is pretty wild, but it was like more so, you know, 
society was more accepting of saying things like that. Yes. Luckily, we don't say things like that's really a mean thing to say. And if you talk to gay people, you can hear why that's like, no, that's really actually really it's hurts feeling. Yeah. It's, it's a really shitty thing to say to someone. Um, but I'm not saying Eddie was right at all. And Eddie, uh, he's, I read a New York Times article uh, doing prep for the show. And uh, the New York Times, it was pretty cool. They had what they watched some of Eddie's specials with Eddie. This is back when he's starting to go back into, he's doing, doing press for Dolomite. Yep. And he's talking about maybe going back and doing stand-up. I saw the same thing. Yeah. And Eddie was basically like, ah, like that was a bit much. And like, was kind of having some cringe moments. Eddie is a pretty smart guy. So I think he's, wasn't like going on a full apology tour. And I don't think he should have to. I mean, it was of its time, but I definitely think hopefully he would, if he was still telling those jokes now, I'd be like, well, this guy's an idiot. He hasn't learned. Right. But I think it's okay for people to learn and change. I think that's like, isn't that kind of the idea? It is the idea. Like, yes. I mean, if the sentiment changes and in, in, yeah. And what's right and what's not right changes over time. Yeah. Like, and that was wrong. That was wrong. Even then it was not right. It was not right. Even then, like it was less wrong. It, uh, yeah, it was less wrong from a society. Like you can take that right. step there. You can't, you can never, you can't just can't take that step at all. Now. And that's it. And that's progress. It like is. there are many things you guys hear me on the show all the time. I'm always bitching about, it. I hate 2021. <laughs> I want to be, uh, I want to be any, any time else. Uh, well, anytime else that has electricity and I can just, you know, watch baseball. You want to so. be in the 80s, so. Yeah, a- yeah. any other time, even like 20th century. Uh, but uh, but no, but there's things about, you know, just because it was the 80s doesn't mean everything was perfect. Agreed. And, um, you know, that's not great. And, um, and, and but like I said, if Eddie learned from it and like doesn't do it anymore and would go on interviews and have the courage to sit with a, uh, someone, you know, interviewing him, be like, oh, let's watch these specials so you can kind of see me cringe firsthand. I'm like, all right, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's, a, that's pretty good. You know, that's also, I think a great way to do it. Like you're not backing off your comedy and you're not, and dismissing your comedy, but same token, you're like, eh, that's not something I would do today. That's not great. Right. It's not, you know, and, um, you know, and I think, I think that's the way to do it, but maybe gay people might be like, well, actually, Chris, I, that's not right either. And maybe they, and maybe they're right. You know, I'm coming at it from a straight white guy. So what do I know? So this is a different scenario, but I, so I, I was watching, you know, he stereotypes, uh, Italians too, for yes. a good portion. So I don't know, 10 minutes of the show. It's a great impression. It's actually. great. Yes. That, that's a great. And I was like, am I offended by this? Different. It is different, but like, it is different. He's not calling you a slur. Right. I wonder if he would have. There's no slur for Italian. Right. That's as bad. I mean, there just isn't. And, like, you can say WAP and, like, whatever. It's, right. it's, 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 I, I think the other thing is, like, they'll, you know, other, other minorities are people that are, um, you know, in uh, communities that are, uh, you know, getting, getting a lot of grief. Like, yeah. Uh, like, what, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, communities that are um, disenfranchised yeah, or, yeah, sure. or, or had been disenfranchised, whatever, had difficult times. So, you know, yes. gay people, minorities. Things like that. They're going to say, well, you know, it's different because like you're in a position of power, like a straight white guy or Italian person in 1987 is a position of power where like, and I feel honestly, I do feel like his jokes about the Italians were much more gentle than his jokes about gay people. You think so? Yeah. Like the, so I think you're doing right. a voice. Yeah. That, that's actually, that's pretty uh, equatable. Like the Italian guy and the gay person, you make fun of their voices. That's right. You could, you could, you can make like that he parallel. Ca- he says he drops the, L, the, the hard ass. He does. I know. And he doesn't, there isn't any equivalent. Italian slurs. He's yeah. just making fun of them for liking Rocky. Yeah. Right. Um, and getting all amped up because they can right. like Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. So I, I don't know. Um, but you know, uh, in the context of the time and, but I, I guess in some ways though, it's, <laughs> uh, I don't know if admirable is the right word, but it is impressive to see someone be that fearless though and be like, all right, I'm going to go do a stand-up show. I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm the, I, I have everything to lose. I'm the biggest movie star in the world. So yes, in some ways I'm untouchable, but in some ways I'm the biggest, everyone's willing to knock me down. Well, and I'm going to take part of my prime 
away from doing the things that are going to make me the most famous and most money probably, which right. is doing another movie. Yes. And do this thing instead. And it's super, it was super successful, but, right, but, but it's a risk. didn't know that going in. No, I mean, it's a right. risk. I mean, it's made $50 million box office. No one would have, I mean, yes, Eddie Murphy, but like a stand-up special, like, you know, go watch the stand-up special on HBO. Yeah, that the, the biggest one at the time was, was prior. It was yeah. $38 million at the box office. Which so is huge. It is huge. That's huge too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another, you know, and, um, and Pryor, and he, well, Eddie even says in the show how he idolized Pryor. And okay. I think that's another reason he did this, was I think he wanted that, I don't know if he wanted that record, but at least wanted that, like, because, I mean, he worked with Pryor a couple more times. Uh, Robert Townsend, who directed this, obviously directing a stand-up special is mostly going to be Eddie's baby. You're kind of yeah. just, you're just kind of making, I was thinking that's making not, it work. Not the hardest thing. I think and, he threw and, Townsend a bone there because, they, you know, he, you did that, yes. that was actually part of the interesting thing for me is, uh, and actually, did you want to make another point before we no, get no, to Townsend? Well, so they both auditioned for uh, Saturday Night Live at the yes. same time. Townsend's a little bit older. And well, yes, get... well, no one's younger than Eddie at that point. But... What was that? No one was younger than Eddie no, at no, Eddie no, auditioned. Right, he had to be right. older. But not that much older. He's in his tw- like right. 24, 25. Younger, but there's yeah. a five or six year, year difference there. But I do think that Eddie, I, I'm just inferring from what I, I, I read, kind of like Townsend was kind of a little bit of a mentor for, for, for Eddie, uh, as he was a, a mentor for Keenan Ivory Waynes who produced this. Right. It's the same thing. Like Keenan Ivory Waynes was a young guy and Townsend brought him out to LA. Um, cause he's a few years older and taught him about the business a, a little bit. So I think I kind of feel like it was a little bit of a throwing a bone to Townsend. Not that he wasn't good as a director, but it's not hard uh, to direct this thing. But I don't know. I, I no. I think, well, the other thing too is if you're doing this, you need to have, work with someone who you're comfortable That's with. That's true too. So I think it's more of that than the yeah. else, honestly, than throwing a bone. Uh, I think, you know, and Keenan and Ivory Wayans, uh, you know, Eddie and Keenan wrote that sketch together that opened the show, That's which right. is a very funny sketch. It is. Samuel Jackson's in it and yeah, uh, Tatiana yeah, Ali from yes. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is in it too. Um, and that sketch is great. Um, and um, Keenan helped write that. And you could see like, oh, like kind of the In Living Color yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, starting to f- the form there, which is fun. Yeah. Um, and you see Samuel L. Jackson like- Young, super young. Super young, but like being kind of like this oddball character. Yeah. But yet, you know, so, and you see Tatiana Ali kind of playing off her cuteness, which you would see later on in Fresh Prince. So it's kind right. of a fun, like really formative sketch uh, for a couple of different people in there. And then, um, and yeah, my, my biggest issue in some extent, I mean, so we talk about on Beverly Hills Cop about Eddie's confidence. Yes. And like how is, and even 48 hours, like how is this guy so confident? So, so young. young and so confident. Like at some point, like, there's like so much ego in this. And yeah. like, I mean, I get it. It's your standup and you are the biggest star in the world and that's fine. But like, eh, I mean, it's a little bit like when Chappelle in his last special, Chappelle called himself the goat. And you're like, eh, yeah, you, you know, maybe you are, or, you know, you're yeah, to name that. You're, is you're, you're at least in that argument of like one of the best ever for yeah. sure. Um, I wouldn't like a lot of people say Chappelle is the best stand up going. And I wouldn't even have their argument with you. I mean, you. We just have different tastes. I'm over millennial guy. Chappelle. That's fine. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's Chappelle's one of the best. Absolutely. Um, but like, you know, to call yourself the goat, that's definitely like a, like a wince moment. And then like just him, like talk about like, I, I like he talks about that fight at the end of the, which is that's a right. bizarre, yep. um, not he's very, also self self deprecating in that fight fight thing though. Kind of. But then it's like, it's all about him though. It is. It's just weird. It's a weird story to tell. It's not a particularly funny story to tell. I wonder how much of that is a sign of the times though. Cause you think like clay, Andrew clay was one of the biggest comics in the fucking world right around that time too. Right. And he not was, yet, he's that yet. way. Not yet, but a few years, after, years away. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. He's like two years away. In fact, a but lot, still like no, the same, same comedy or not. Same no, comedy. no, no, not. no. Same confidence. Different. So dice is kind of playing character. I, 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 I have a hard time comparing that. Mm. Um, similar, I can like so that ego. I mean, I would say like the similar, like energy, like, I guess like another example, like movie star that did stand up for a while. was like Robin Williams. Like, sure. 
he had done. But then the second he did like Good Morning Vietnam, like he really scaled back. He did. I mean, he had to scale back to stand up, you know, even when he's doing like Mork and Minnie and stuff, just from a time perspective. But like, you know, once he started doing the more serious dramatic roles, like, and he starts getting nominated for awards, like, you didn't see Robin Williams do a lot of comedy sets. Ebert didn't like the uh, the sexism stuff. Film deserves comparison to Richard Pryor in any way because what Richard Pryor has is insight and and sympathy with the humanity of the people that he's making fun of, and that's the one thing that's lacking in this concert film by Eddie Murphy. It's an extremely juvenile film. The humor is extremely callow. You talk about his attack on Johnny Carson's wife. I don't believe anybody could get away with talking about blacks the way that Eddie Murphy talks about women in this film. On the basis of what he says in this film and the way he uses the key four-letter word as a club. This movie hates and despises and puts down and rejects women no, and sees them only in all. terms of their sexual no, function. Not at all. Siskel didn't agree. I can hear Gene disagreeing. Um, yeah, so let's bring up the Johnny point for a second. The reason the Johnny clip is so, joke is so interesting, and it's because Eddie is the only one who would dare make that joke. Because really? everyone oh, else yeah. at that time needed Johnny. Had to Johnny. bow to Carson. You yeah. needed Johnny to promote your movies. You yep. needed Johnny to do all that stuff. If you bash Johnny, if you, no one, I mean, I, no one dared put Johnny in anything but a positive light because he was a necessary evil. To, yes. Or not even evil, but a necessary lifeline right. to get your movies promoted. Particularly if you're a comic. And I know that, yes. I know that he transcended right. that, but still you you're have right. a comic mentality. You're right. That too. Right. That's where you broke uh, as a comic. Uh, right. Comedic, with a comedy act anyone. No one said a bad word about Johnny. I think Johnny was, was pretty good to people too. So it wasn't like a lot of people were, had the knives getting sharpened, but no one dared speak ill of Johnny. So the fact that Eddie makes those jokes, that's a flex too. That's basically him saying like, I'm bigger. I, I'm bigger than anyone. Or bigger enough. Or big enough. Without saying it. So that kind of stuff, I wish, like, if you're going to play your ego, do that kind of stuff. Like, make the jokes that no one else dares tell. Because that's, in, that's fun. Because that's, that's what, I mean, that's what made Howard Stern so great in the 90s. It was like, he was, he would rip on Jerry Seinfeld for dating a 17-year-old. He would rip on Woody Allen. Sure. Before everyone did it. Like, he would, he would go after everyone because he was beholden to no one. Because he wasn't doing, you know, he was in the Howard Stern we have now where he needs his celebrities. He was like, I don't care if I have... You know, I'll have on a homeless guy I'd rather talk to a crackhead than talk to, <laughs> uh, you know, a big name celebrity, sure. you know, Bette Midler or something, you know. So he was that guy did not care who he had on. And that's what made that show so great. Howard show was like, he didn't care. And what makes Eddie that I actually enjoyed that. Um, I know that Roger's saying, oh, it's sexist to say that women, you know, want money. But like, I'm sorry, but Johnny Carson's ex-wives, I'm guessing a lot of them may have wanted money. I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a crazy reach. By no, it's not to say like this guy's worth 300 million. So yeah. Let's... A one half and they, they asked for half and John and Johnny's, you know, Johnny's Johnny. I mean, Johnny himself would make fun of how many times he got married. Like Johnny had, yeah. J, J, Johnny also was, uh, you know, we know now was, you know, sleeping with other women and wasn't the best husband. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on there. But uh, so maybe that has something to do with it too. Maybe that explains kind of why the wife was upset. And I guess to Roger's point, yeah, we're only hearing kind of seeing it from Johnny's perspective, from Eddie's point of view, which is you know, strictly guys. But I, 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 but the other thing about women, I don't know. I think he paints guys in a negative light too. He's like, oh, every man wants to cheat. It's like, well. Actually, that's what Siskel says. It's like, he go, he brings it after this clip. Yeah. He says that he brings it back to the, to the, to the men. But it's not like it's a 50-50 split there. Like it's, it is definitely from Eddie's perspective, a male perspective. And so it's probably like an 80-20 split in terms of going after female, stereotyping female stereotyping men. Yeah, I guess, I guess probably. I mean, the other thing too, I think juvenile is a better thing. So you also have like, all right, so I, I listened, I had a cassette tape of this, you know? Um, That's where I think I, and I listened, I, I, listened, it first. I, I listened to a lot of comedy, uh, 
when I was in like junior high, high school, because sure. I got my license, I would play comedy tapes and stuff. And I, I really enjoyed them. I had this one. Uh, and um, it, I remember laughing a lot, like listening to, like it was fun, you know, it was funny. And, but no, when I watch it now, I'm like, I don't know if I want, uh, yes, he's Eddie Murphy, whatever, he's a great movie star, but he's also like a 20, what, 26, 27 year old kid. That's the other right, we're like, This guy's lecturing me on like relationships. It's like, eh, I don't, because he does, he lectures. He's like, I'm telling he you, like, he'll constantly like, you know, let us know the wisdom of Eddie Murphy. And it's like, all right, dude, like, I, I don't know if like, and also your points are stupid. Like not every man wants to cheat. That's, not dumb. Every man That's cheat. a dumb right. thing to say. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. Maybe like in your little network of people that are 26. That but anybody who doesn't do that is going to just say, well, that's not true. They're not going to, you know, they're going to know. Like, you, you know what I mean? I don't know. No, I'm just saying if he says like anybody who doesn't cheat is going to know that he's, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's full of shit. Oh yeah. But like, and I think anyone who's over the age of like you know, 30 and knows other human beings would know that yes, maybe that person might cheat or whatever, but they know people in their lives that don't. So, like right. it's, just, it's just a stupid thing to say, and it's just, it's a stupid thing to. And you can tell he believe. And I know a lot of it's like he's joking around or whatever, but like it's just a weird take to general. Like he's he's so quick to like overgeneralize everybody. It's like well, maybe make it more insular about maybe you and your friends or your your people you hang out with, whatever. Sure. As opposed to just like have these blanket declarations of every single person in that theater, or every single person watching at home. I mean. It, but look, it's comedy. That's you know he's having he's joking, and, and a lot of it is from that point. He's yes. kind of just making general observations. But I guess that's kind of the problem with when you joke about relationships and stuff, where you're applying that same truth to everyone because it everyone in theory is in a relationship of some sort or whatever has feelings or has been in relationships, whatever. Sure. Where if you're making a joke, like John Mulaney will make a joke about New York. Not everyone has that experience, so it's not general to everyone. Right. Um, but maybe that's the science of Eddie's comedy too. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I get, I also understand the, uh, I'm sure people seem to be like, you know, who the fuck is Chris to say any about Eddie Murphy's comedy? Like, yeah, and you're absolutely right. But I mean, we're also, you know, no, just how it hits you. It's a movie show. You know, we, you know, I'll criticize different movies too. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not a movie director either. So, right. I mean, I think it's just, you know, this is what this show does. Well, and how you experienced it when you were a kid was different than the experience. Now you had more fun with it when you listened to it. I did. Time. I did. Cause I didn't mind that he's lecturing me. Cause yeah. he was older than me and he was, you know, I didn't have those same life experiences that I have now. So, um, so yeah. So some of that stuff doesn't quite ring true, but you know, Roger, you know, Ebert's there. He's like, Oh, this is juvenile, which maybe it is, but maybe that's also the audience. Like there's nothing wrong with making like a standup special. An R-rated stand-up special to be like eighteen to thirty, right? That's totally fine. Yeah, Roger's an older guy. I'm an you know, you know, at that point, and and I'm an older guy now. The special also might not be for me, and that's okay too. Like people there were having a great time, made a ton of money. It's ballsy that he fucking made a stand-up show. Um, I give him really. Maybe I'm gonna bump my game up to a C. I'm gonna C minus to a C. How's that? You got a thumbs up it though? No, you're not. You just didn't think it was good enough to watch. And I, I wouldn't recommend this somebody. That's my thing is like, is what I recommend it. I think, I mean, again, so uh, I think I get caught in this trap a lot and maybe you don't as much, but I also look at the performance as well. And I just think there wasn't really anybody like him at that time. There's so with much, that much energy. better stand up to like, in, to go. But take now in, there though. is like, I'd rather watch Louis CK stuff now than then. Yeah. Or I'd rather, rather watch Chappelle now than, than Eddie Murphy. But I don't know. I also look at it. I, I, I can compartmentalize it a bit too. It's like, let's see this guy at the prime at his, prime comedy if you're like a just a eddie murphy like fan of his movies and you want to just see him do stand-up go check it out but if someone's like oh chris what stand-up special should i watch like this would be very this like i would go through a list of people a list of specials like new in town by millennia like, i would that's the first thing i would say like, there's so many things to hear sure before you heard this one so i have a hard time like, recommending this because there's so many different 
I what about prior stuff though? Where you do you feel the same way? Um, so I'm uh, prior. I agree with Rogers that prior stuff had a lot more humanity to it. Sure. Um. Oh yeah, it was a lot more vulnerable. I think Eddie Murphy. I know Eddie Murphy's a better actor than Richard Pryor. I know Eddie Murphy's a better sketch comedian than Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor didn't do it too, too much, but Eddie Murphy was just so talented. Yeah, Richard, yeah. Eddie Murphy's a better performer than, than Richard Pryor. I think Richard Pryor is a better stand-up comedian than Eddie, than Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's a five-tool motherfucker, though, and you see it on display here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I call him that. I mean, he's so unique. I don't even know if I call him a five. It's different. Well, if you think about his acting career, too, I mean... He can do stand-up. He can do sketch. He can do comedy. He can do drama. He can fucking move. He can do yeah. action. He's like one of the most versatile actors yeah. of his generation. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it is. Um, it's it's sad that it all kind of, it was, it, it all is. ended. So it, what was it? Was it the kids stuff? He just wanted to do some kids things and then like move on? What the fuck want happened? You, you want to get paid. Uh, anyone wants to do these fucking kids movies. Um yeah, so we, after this, this, so this comes out the same year as Beverly Hills Cop 2, yeah. right? So it's a pretty pretty big one-two punch Huger. there. Um, and then he does, the next year is Coming to America, which is a monster hit. Yeah, um, Great movie. 89, he does Harlem Nights, which is which has uh, Richard Pryor in it. Oh, that's right. Um, and that movie made a good amount of money. Um, is Arsenio in that as well? Harlem Nights? Is he? I don't think so. I'm getting that vibe, but maybe I'm, I could he be wrong. He could have had a smaller role in it. Um, I don't believe he was. Okay. Um, then he does another 48 hours, which made money, but was critically panned. And you can yep. start to see like Harlem Knights, this, like they're making money, but like people aren't liking them. Yeah. And he does Boomerang, which is, oh, that, that, you know, that, I didn't like it. You know, he's got the, the you know, I said that Don Juan element again. He does that distinguished gentleman where he's like, um, like a political, it's like, that's right. And that, and that made a little bit of money. And then he, he, I don't know if he broke up with Paramount or if, you know, I know that like he, I think Paramount was kind of looking to maybe move on from like, you know, at this point, Eddie Murphy's still making hits, but they're not blockbusters and they're not very well received. Right. Uh, I think they can kind of see the writing on the wall there. Uh, he does uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3, which is Paramount. Um, and that movie costs a show to make. I was saying it was made, in this, by the way. In Harlem Heights? It must yeah. have been a small part. Reggie, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I just remember. Um, yeah, I'm sure I mean, he'll pop up now and then. But, it, but, it, but you know, it was... It was Build as Harlem Nights is known for being prior and sure and uh and Eddie Murphy. Uh Beverly Hills Cop 3, um, which cost a lot to make. It it was kind of a disastrous set, like everyone's fighting, Eddie's Eddie's ego is out of control. Got a bit cutesy too. What's that? The movie got cutesy. It's like it's it's just a Yeah, I mean, uh the, he's you know, I think Murphy was fighting with Landis, I think, at the time again. Um, and uh I know Murphy wouldn't come out of the trailer unless he um had like unless he had like his like he had to have like certain accommodations or else he wouldn't even like come on set mm. his ego like you, I mean, you can see this movie like his ego is like starting to teeter like this guy too much i, I, I mean it happens to everyone you get too famous and you just, it's just it's you, your brain just can't take it i don't care how brilliant you are anywhere if he's brilliant but like, eventually it crashes um and then he does vampire in brooklyn which is a giant bomb yeah like, it, it, it's a disaster and it's another of those words where he's kind of like a, like I said, like a Don Juan type, like this ladies' man. I don't, know, I don't know what that happens with the whole ladies' man. It's a weird. I don't know if it's a, you know. And then he, you know, famously got caught, you know, picking up a, um, it was a prostitute, wasn't it? A prostitute that um, uh, may have been a, a transsexual. Um, I, I, it's, it's a really, it, it, and some people say it was like a good Samaritan thing. Other things say it might have been something else going on sure. sexually there. Um, uh, there's also been a lot of rumors about Eddie Murphy's uh, sexuality or things like that. So I don't know if he was like overcorrecting by doing these things or if it was just, uh, that's just the direction he wanted to go. And he wanted to be, he wanted to be, obviously you can tell in this act, he really wants to be that, that 
that person. It's important to him at that time um, to be someone that ladies really, you know, want to be with, I guess. Um, so then in 90- I think that's part of a man's confidence though, isn't it? It's like, if you're, if you're sought at by women, if you, you know, then that that's like your, your, your peak confidence as a male. Don't you think? I guess I, I, I don't mean I get by, you know, when I was thinking I'd get by telling jokes at bars and I, you know, uh, I probably hit above my weight class anyway. So yeah, I, well, I, it's probably some insecurity there at least at some level, but, uh, with Eddie. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I that's don't know. what it feels like. It just feels like, why do you keep like doubling down on right. this? It's something, it's something there. There's yeah. something there that, right. Like go make your fun movies. Like he, he moves off of what got him faint, what like made him a superstar. And he starts like really leaning into this, like being like a, um, like a leading man. Yeah, you know, handsome leading man type, which Eddie Murphy's a good looking guy, but like, yes. I, don't, I don't know like, what, what that is all about. So then he does, after Vampire in Brooklyn completely tanks, he does not even Fest. Yeah. Um, and then he does, you know, Metro, he's voices in Mulan. Oh, right. He's, he does Dr. Doolittle, which yeah. is, you know, kind of another oh. dumb, you know, uh, you know, he does, he does Bowfinger with, uh, with Steve Martin. Um, he does Life with, uh, uh, Martin Lawrence. Um, and the, the problem is Eddie's at this point, Eddie's salary is so high that like a lot of times it's hard for these movies to make money because he just costs so much to, to have him there. And his ego is still pretty, pretty up there. You know, he does Nutty Presser to the clumps. Yes, yes. I know his movie, Matt, Matt really loves oh, no, respects. No, 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 no. And then, you know, 2001, he does Dr. Doolittle too, yes. which is another one of Matt's, I don't know. Matt's favorites. Neither of these, by the way, uh, he does Shrek in 2001. Yeah. And that keeps the money coming in. Cause he oh, keeps shit, yes. you know, doing those, doing the voice. Those three Shreks, uh, Shreks must've made him a shit ton of money. But then like 2002, he does Pluto Nash. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. He does I spy, which we talked about a little bit. Yes, you know, with, with Owen Wilson. Wilson. But that, that didn't, you know, it didn't work in 2003. Okay, what's in 2003? He does daddy daycare yeah. and haunted mansion. Yeah. Which I know scared you in 2004. <laughs> he does Shrek two. It's like, and he doesn't act again until 2006. He does Dream Girls, which is all right, great. Now, what ha- he got kind of screwed here. So Dream Girls was was a big deal, and that got him an Oscar nomination. Like that was a big deal. Mm. Um, unfortunately, timing wise, do you know what movie was playing? Like, so Dream Girls comes out, yeah, makes money. Um, it is uh, but uh, puts him on these critical darling. But right when the Oscars, were- don't tell me it was Showgirls and people got him confused. No, no, no. Okay, what came out? No, no, no. Years earlier. I don't know. It was Norbit. Oh, fuck. So you were watching the Oscars and you see like, you know, Eddie Murphy like, at the Oscars, you know, and then like there'd be a commercial for Norbit. And you're like, oh, oh that's no. right. This guy is like not a serious actor. Like you kept getting like reminded. Yeah. Like, and I don't remember, like Norbit was advertised so much. Yeah. Like they really tried and every single, you know, ad had Eddie Murphy in it. And we made a lot of money because like Eddie Murphy was kind of, once again, like, kind of in the, you know, and he plays like all these different roles. That's oh, some kind he, of corny he, thing. Doesn't he take a, he takes like some sort of serum that makes him uh, into a nice looking guy or something, <laughs> right? So. Something like that. I, think so. I don't know that I saw it. I but think you're right. Yeah. He does Shrek the third uh, until the seven. And then, you know, he does, he, it just, it's just, you know, just, you know, it just never quite works. He tries a few things. He took three years off uh, before he did Dolomite. I know he did that coming to America sequel. I uh, came out last year. That Not got even no buzz. I mean, no one talked about it. No, I mean, uh, it got panned. It's gotta be shitty. Did you see Dolomite though? I've, I've, I, I, I haven't. I know it got, it got good. You know, he didn't, he didn't get a nomination for it, which I, I know. I think he might've been upset about. Um, I think he I got a Golden Globe nomination, but not a, uh, an Oscar one. He's been su- like such a, a, a kid's actor for so long. I just wasn't even interested. Well, anyway, in we're talking about like, you know, he does now he's 96. So we're talking Ugh. 25. We have a whole generation of kids that didn't grow know up, him. Didn't grow up with Eddie Murphy that we grew up with. Right. Grew up with Eddie Murphy that like was tailored for them. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I, you know, you gotta, I guess, you know, you get, you got an expensive lifestyle. You gotta pay the bills. You know, they're offering you a lot of money to these movies. 
I guess you do him, but it's just kind of a shame that he kind of just like, and maybe it was just, you know, a lot of it was that youthful energy and he, ne- that was what propelled him. That's what made him so exciting to watch. Cause even this movie, I, even this stand special, there's a lot of parts where, in my opinion, really drags. There's no punch lines. It's just like these weird fake Stories, conversations that conversations. just lead nowhere. Yep. It's just, I, I, I didn't love it. Um, but even then, it's st- he still has wild energy. That he does. It is like you are kind of like drawn, captivated, to him. and drawn to him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's, I think um, you should watch it. I I, I, I wouldn't recommend it, but I recommend um, it. you know, if someone if you if you're on the fence about watching it, it's free on Netflix. Check it out. The other thing too, I will mention too is uh, a I, if you're actually interested in watching it, watch it now because I don't think it's gonna lie. I don't think it's gonna. No, uh, there's no way. This, this, I'm surprised. No, I'm shocked. And number two is the quality of the film is atrocious. So I don't yeah. know, like usually these things get remastered maybe because the language is so volatile it hasn't been remastered, but you're basically like watching it from your VCR. You are. Like there's so many like pops in it. Like um, not, it sounds great, but from visually like there's all those like white yep. stars. That pop, it's just because the, um, the film was, has been overrun so many times yeah. that you see the decay like as you're watching it. And you're like, this is like, they haven't like done a very good job keeping this film. I also didn't like some of the shots. They were low, yeah. like looking out up at him, which was weird. I don't like which the, is too bad because too many set, side shots. Because that's true too. Because the set is actually awesome. Like I love the opening shot of him behind that the curtain mm-hmm. and it's all red and you see a silhouette. Like that's so cool. And even just the way that he looks with the spotlight um, following him around to that ridiculous purple suit with the heels. Yeah. He like looks so cool. You could really make that shine. You think someone like Scorsese would have done that? Would like, mm, I, can't, I can't argue that. I did, I did not like Townsend. Which is too bad. No, t- no. Townsend, of course, would later go on to direct Meteor Man. Yes, which is one did. of the biggest. He started. One of the bigger bombs, yeah, uh, of that year. Uh, he's now, he has TV. He uh, recently did uh, the Wonder Years. Um, that it, new reboot. Right. Yep. Um, so I think he's he's probably more fifty. I mean, he's old. You know, he's in his sixties now, and and uh, and he's had a nice career. He's done mm. fine. Yeah, but he also he also filmed the uh, the Cosby seventy seven. Oh, I'm sorry, I want to talk about twenty fourteen. He actually did two Cosby specials, including Rear his last one. Right. So isn't that crazy? That, you know, the guy. You know, a good chunk of this special is devoted to shitting on Bill Cosby. Yep. And then later on, would would direct two Bill Cosby specials, and Bill Cosby was in Meteor Man. Oh, I forgot about that. So um, interesting that how that worked. And that I don't think happened. Townsend and Eddie Murphy worked a ton after this. I don't know. So I, I don't know. Be interesting. I mean, I mean, Nate, you could be a thing where, you know, just because someone has one set of friends, whatever. And you know, but it, it is interesting. Cause uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I thought that was odd too. So that, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I didn't read about the first one that came out. Do you, when was it? Do you know? Well, the second one came out, Bill Cosby 77 was for Cosby 77th birthday. Right, he now, was doing that right. in San Francisco, yes. uh, that show. And it was filmed in 2014, but just never released because right after that is when all the allegations all, came, right, came forward. Right. So Netflix said, well, we'll hold off on this. And eventually it was going to be released to, to Netflix. And then eventually uh, Sarandon, our good buddy, Ted Sarandon at, uh, at Netflix. Uh, said, Sarand- Sarandos. Oh, Sarandos, sorry. Sarando said, we're not doing it. Sometime in 2015, like, this, this isn't appropriate. So it, it never it never aired. Uh, right. Yes. Um, which makes you wonder, too, you know, if he's around Bill Cosby as much, like, how much did he know? Which Of Bill, course. It's also kind of a dangerous game to play, too. It's not always not fair. Uh, he did Bill Cosby 77. Maybe it was just that one. I thought he did two. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm thinking because he was a meteor man. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was just that one. Well, still. Yeah, but he did some TV stuff. He, uh... Townsend, I don't think I saw Meteor, Meteor I remember when that came out. I remember what he looks like in the outfit. But it just seems like he never, he he like, he has had an all right career, but he's just, he never got 
You know what I mean? He didn't make, he was just like the second tier. He never got SNL, never was like. Well, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he had a show, uh, The Parenthood, which did pretty well, but it was on the WB. Right. Like, it's always like, you're right, you're kind of like that next, I mean, I hate to say it, but he is really is kind of, in a lot of ways, Pawtucket yeah, Murphy, that's you right. know? And it's just like, he just never was able to kind of, yeah, I mean, you wonder if like, let's say Eddie Murphy's never born. What kind of career is Robert Townsend? Got a little bit better. I don't know if it's that great. I, mean, I think he's pretty limited. He is. I mean, a- Eddie Murphy oh, was a big deal because Eddie Murphy was amazingly talented. Sure. He basically like forced his way on that show because A, he's a kid and they still bring him on and they benched him until December. Yeah. Meanwhile, that cast sucked. Yeah. It was uh, Joe Piscopo who was new, who's fine. He was probably fine. the best one. Gilbert Gottfried, who's very funny stand up. He's not a great sketch guy. No. Yeah, Denny Dillon, uh, Charles Rocket. Like, it was not. A, and they, I'm, I'm giving you guys, the, those are the highlights. This was not <laughs> a good cast. It was like maybe no. one of the worst cast. It might have been the worst cast ever. And they benched him. They, he, you know, he was so good in um, in rehearsals and stuff. Like, they, find, they had to find a place for him. They didn't, they didn't want to. So, like, he's really had a fight for everything he's gotten based on his sheer talent. Where Townsend, I think. Yeah, I mean, you could have put him in there. He would have been, he would have been fine. He would have been one. Of, he probably would have been the best person of that cast, but not by much. No, uh, he did have a, the he had Townsend Television for Fox, which hit ten episodes. I, I I'd seen good. that people. Oh, did you did you watch? No, it? I don't know if that's ten episodes. It's not very no, good. I know it's not, but I'd seen that it was regarded well, but no, you know, not know. watched. Short lived. So there yeah. you go. Uh, I mean, his movie that he's most known for is the Five Heartbeats. Yeah, uh, that's the musical right. drama. He's in that as well. Uh, I mean, it didn't, didn't he make 10 Seems like he had a hard time deciding. Like he probably should have been a director and not an actor, but he, he kept like forcing his way into his own movies. Like he, he was in, he was in that movie as well. Five yeah. heartbeats. Yeah, he was, he was. So, um, direct, right. He kind of wanted to be yeah. all that stuff. Whereas Keenan Ivory Waynes knew what he was like. Keenan Ivory Waynes, he was in some of the sketches on, in no, Color, Keenan Ivory Waynes, but right. he's a producer and he was a young producer and a writer and a writer. And a director, like yeah. he, his, you know, the scary movie. I've never seen it, so the, but it made, made a ton fuck of ton yeah. of money. No, a it, fuck ton. He, he, he's, he knew like, all right, the me, the machinations of comedy is what interests him more than being in front of the camera. Yes, and he's always been smart. Now he's a right, and those guys are geniuses. Yeah, um, both him and and Damon Way, and you too. I think it helped too. Also, what helped Keenan the most is having people like Damon and Marlon in his life yeah. that are better performers. They are because he'd be like, all right, like. They, I, I can, my ego won't get in the way because I know, like, I'm at best a third, you know, in my family. Like, right. I'm, I'm third here. Like, I can, but I can do what they can't can, do. Or, no, they can do that too, but maybe I can really craft that and devote myself to that. They won't. They're spending time, just like Robert Townsend, you said. Robert Townsend is splitting the difference. Yes. Like, you know, Bo Jackson, or right. not even Bo Jackson, like Brian Jordan, <laughs> uh, you know, like, kind of like, you know, what are you kind of thing? Yeah. And uh, are, you, uh, are you a running back? Are you a baseball player? And you maybe will never be great at one of the at one of the other. The only time he did it was I'm gonna get you sucker, which he yeah. uh, he started in as well. Pip yeah. of the year, I'll always remember that. Uh, but that didn't make a lot of money. I wonder if he saw that and was like, mm, I probably shouldn't do both. Um, yeah, I don't know. Robert, yeah. Robert Townsend. Uh, yeah, I, I think Robert. I mean, I, I will say that if Eddie Murphy's ever born, I think Robert Townsend's career is that much better. I think it's it's, it's probably roughly the same. Maybe maybe he does get a couple extra movies, but I just think his his ceiling was was shallow enough where I yeah, think was. he was gonna. He never, it's not like he would have had Eddie Murphy's career. It just was not going to happen. Oh, fuck no, no. Like, no, uh, Eddie Murphy's a generational talent. Like, yes, he's, he's uh, super talented. Without, yeah. without question. All right, anything else on Raw? So no. you're going to, you thumbs down it. Well, yeah, that, that makes me sad. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. Got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. And this time I know it's
I got my mind set on you, uh, George Harrison. This song uh, did hit number one, but it was a little bit later. And then it was uh, number three for the year in 1988. Wow. So it was a huge hit. I mean, wow. this is all over the place. Yeah. Do you not remember this is all over the place? Oh, I'm, no. I, I The reason I knew about the Chuck E. Cheese thing was because I was listening to this song driving into Chuck E. Cheese. Like, this funny. was on the car radio. This was everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. In fact, Chuck E. Cheese did a um, did a parody with like the dancing. Chuck E. Cheese did? Oh, I, did. I didn't get to see it because they were fucking closed. Yeah, fucking bastard. <laughs> I did. Well, well, and, I, and I worked there for a little while too, as you know. Worked there was actually. I remember that. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, it was yeah, my yeah. first job That's when right. I was 16. That's right. You I finally had my car. One of our first shows. In, uh, it was the one in. Uh, New Ethan, right? No? Manchester. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Manchester because I was living in Hooksit. In oh, wow. I was only there for like six months, which felt like an attorney That's when I was a 16 year old. Yeah, I was a 16 year old. Their pizza was like so ridiculously bad. It's so bad, right? Yeah, it's not good. It's like cardboard pizza. But I was at the cash register. It's funny that they trusted me with cash as a 16-year-old, but they did. Well, I, I worked right at Jeremy Donald's. That's not that crazy. Well, yeah, but you're trustable, too. That's what I'm saying. You got a nice trusting face, trustable face. Yes. I don't know. So is that how you you're not a hoodlum. I'm not, no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right. Uh, but yeah, it was everywhere. So yes, there was the, um, right. The dancing. And you know why I wanted to work there too, is I had, I really had, you didn't get to go there, but I had warm feelings of Chuck E. Cheese. Well, I think you do My there. birthdays. I think you go there at one time. But I got, I had, had, I had other me. birthday parties there. There were bigger that, ones in, no. in, uh, so I went to the one in Manchester too, as a kid when we eventually moved there, but there were, I think even when I was living in Hooksit, so nine, 10, 11 years old, but there were bigger ones. I don't know where I went. Somewhere around North Andover where I was living too. There was a big one where it had yeah. tunnels under the yeah. stage, all yeah, sorts of shit. I, I've been to, I've been to one, ones like that. Yeah. That's cool, right? It was really cool. Yeah. Like a bigger uh, ball section and oh, game ball section. Also, awesome. the ball pit, so much disease there. It was but so yes. gross if you think about it. Yeah. yeah it's so gross, but awesome. Super awesome. I think but, it'd be cool to have like a like my own ball pit. Like, like if I had one, like in my backyard. Yeah, that'd be awesome. How would you like, sanitize that? Though, would you like just dump some well, alcohol just me in there? there. Does it get that dirty? If it's just me, Chris filth though. I mean, it gets all over the balls. You would never want. So, would you want someone in there to play with you though? Wouldn't you want? Yeah. Wouldn't you want your wife in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah, hang out, like swim around in it. Right. Yeah. No one else. Ball pit's pretty cool. I don't want anyone else. I don't want. This is a secret. That's like my life. I don't want anyone else around. The balls would get everywhere too. When you were working there, you'd be pissed off because oh, they, you an know. hour you got to go and collect all the fucking balls. They're People trip on them. They, they. That's why I think they. At least the ones I went to, they have like netting around them. So yes, the balls exactly. Couldn't because they would just be everywhere. But you had to have that opening for people to get in, and that's right. Come out. Stupid ass kids would throw them out. Oh yeah, throw them. Yeah. Fuckers. I would have thrown so many at you if like if we were. I would have, I would have thrown him right back and I have a better arm. So I would have knocked you right between the eyes. That would be great. I would have pegged you in the fucking head. Right, right between the eyes I would have gotten you. I would have gotten right the back of the head, brows. Like JFK shot. <laughs> that would have been unfortunate. Awesome. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, so the, yeah, they had the dancing fucking, you know, Chucky and uh, the, the chicken and all them because they would do, egg, they would do uh, eggs instead of legs. But they, they had, a, I got, I got my Don't. mind set, which, Lended itself to it because, of course, video two of this, which is like the, you know, the, the, the moving, yeah, the moving study. Yes. Which yeah. apparently he got that idea or they got that idea from uh, Evil Dead part two. Which I still haven't seen. You haven't seen any of those? No. Army of Darkness is definitely worth seeing. Yeah. It's spoofy and fun. I love him, though. I, know, I love I mean, Ash. A big fan. Anyway, so yeah, it was huge. Uh, number three for the year, which is like such a big, for, you think of like post Beatle career. Oh. I mean, he had some kind of big stuff. But then he also took a lot of hiatuses too. He hated the 80s. Yeah. George Harrison yeah. fucking hated the music in the 80s. And I yeah. don't blame him because it's all this new wave stuff, yeah. which is so, like, such a big antithesis from anywhere near his style. Like, even the pop stuff of the, the, um, the Beatles, but then like even he sort of this this album's a little bit more bluesy, and you could tell that he had some of that in him as well. Nothing like that in the 80s at all. It's just this really glossed over either the metal stuff 
or really glossed over Flock of Seagulls shit, which, I mean, I like all that stuff too, but for him, you could, you know, yeah. feel bad for him. It's like, this is like alien planet music right now. Hated it. So we didn't get much, and, uh, and but sort of come back with a fucking number one song. The last number one by any Beatle. I know. And he broke the tie, too. Did you see that, too? Yeah, so there were uh, two other Beatles had uh, number one songs. Two other Beatles? Did <laughs> you name them? Yeah, of course, Ringo and John. Yeah, Both sure. had two number one songs. And uh, Ringo, Harrison, think? Yeah. Ringo did, yeah. He must have had... Well, what was Ringo his? had one. I don't, I no, don't, Ringo had two. No. He had two he, number ones. He had two number... Well, that's what Wiki said. Wiki said that John and Ringo had two number ones. Not affiliated... It wasn't counting Paul with Wings as solo artists. Oh. So those two had number twos. I know you would think it would be Paul, but no, only with wings. Paul oh. on his own. No, 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 no. Other ties between McCartney and it was not. Oh, it was uh, Ringy. Well, I know Ringo's first album was number one. Like I'm every Beatle of, had a number, like they yeah, had, they had number one album, and that makes complete sense. Right, I mean, so well, you want to give it a try, right? right. And but then, like after, but it must. I bet. The, I want to say, I guess most of them came from that. I, I don't know. Probably. So Is imagine John must have been imagine. And I wonder what the other one was. Oh, yeah. It's like number one. It could have been, though, like, you know. Yeah. Um, it could have even been stuff off of uh, the, the second album. Yep. Double Fan, not Double Fantasy, the other album. Was that Double Fantasy? The one uh, after he died. Yeah. Uh, but woman, anyway, like, yeah, a woman might have been number one. Yeah. yeah. That was like everywhere, too. Yeah. Um, but so he broke the tie. He, he got the third and final Beatles number one as a, as a solo artist. So he had uh, My Sweet Lord, of course. Yeah. Which, by the way, a new video came out there. Have you seen that? weird i've seen the there's a new video for um for what is life but i haven't seen the one for new, my sweet what, what's what is it like it what? has like all these actors it's like basically fred armison and vanessa bayer from snl yeah and they are like um in this like work like in a library at first working at like this like what appears to be kind of like a um like a books or a range a certain way almost like a ghost did it and then they just like are investigating. It's a very strange video. It's like not actually it's not particularly good. I don't is think. Is it like tongue in cheek? Is are they just trying to be know. goofy? It's like I don't, I don't know. It's it's not it's the only thing good about it is the song, really. Like I wouldn't I love that song. It's a great yeah, song. So you're like, all right, she's like watching the song, like various famous people pop in and out of the thing, like like weird owls in it for a second. He's like serving popcorn in a movie theater. Yeah. It's very it's just like all these cameos. Just kind of watching famous people pop up, but you go hear the song. Uh, yeah, that's no good. It's like, it's like, the Elton, like Elton John did one in the in the early two thousands, maybe. Yeah, I think oh, what the name was the song. It wasn't one, ah. but it was with uh, what's his face? Oh my god! No, what does he do? I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. He's an actor. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was in it. It's like, it's just like him walking through. Yeah, do you remember that one? I don't know. You didn't know you. It doesn't matter. You completely lost your. I mind. wanted to ask you though about Portlandia. Did you like that show? Is that did you right? watch it? I thought it was pretty good. It's okay. It's a little whimsical. Yeah. But, right. I saw Fred Armisen do, uh, when I went to Seth Meyers, I saw, I saw Seth Meyers' second show uh, uh, doing his uh, late night. Uh, and Fred Armisen was, at that time, uh, the musical. He was the band leader. That's right. Um, and uh, so I saw him do that. Uh, he, he wrote, I mean, it's kind of interesting. He wrote you know, Seth Meyers' theme song, which is pretty, pretty wild. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like, for a comedian to do that, it's pretty talented. He's a smart guy. Yeah. He's, he's a talented guy. Like, he's kind of like not a great boyfriend, husband type. Oh, yeah. uh, like him and Elizabeth Moss had a really bad breakup, I guess. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I guess he's kind of, kind of a challenging guy to deal with. Um, but, Surprising. Yeah, in, interesting guy. Definitely one of the more interesting SNL performers the last 20 years. I never watched him on SNL. Really? Yeah, because I really stopped watching. Yeah, he he was odd. It was, uh, you always like having the odd people in there because they're going to do more interesting stuff, I think, yep. than like the kind of the standards, if you will, or the more basic people that you'd expect to be on there. He's such an unusual person that he would bring out some... But yeah, he's all right. 
I liked Portlandia though. I think it's I watched okay. uh, five. If it's five seasons, I think I watched them all. Yeah, I can like, see that being up your alley though. Well, it wasn't the like. I didn't laugh more with with that one, but it was just it's odd, it's bizarre. They're, yeah, they, they take chances writing wise. It's they'll do stuff that other people aren't doing. I, I thought. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Uh, but my my favorite. So I I mean. I like, I got my mindset on you. Me too. I prefer the chorus though than the verse. Like when the verse is happening, I'm like longing for the chorus because the chorus is just fucking awesome. Yeah. It's just such a cool, I don't know, just the way it's recorded, the way that it's split. It's like really neat. Whereas the rest of it is just kind of like, eh, I'm, let me, give, me, give me the chorus. Give yeah, me the yeah, chorus. yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really chorus dominant too because it's, it's, Start with it's like chorus is more important than verse. Like it starts with chorus and then you get into right. the verse. Yes. So it's almost like this glue part between what you want to hear. But that's how a good hook works a lot of times too. Really like that song. My favorite though is. Oh, what is like? I love this song yeah. so much. You hear it right? You're right. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't hear. It. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um. So there was a 2016 video made of what is life oh and it had it's beautiful you should you should see it it's this uh woman uh ballerina her name is emma rubowitz uh i i looked her up um because like who is it? Is this woman dancing like all over the place and then later on she's joined by another guy dancing but it's just it's it's beautiful it's a phenomenal uh video because it's just in its simplicity but just this beautiful woman like dancing running you know down the streets and all over yeah. town wherever she is seems like san francisco-ish marin county or something but uh so yeah I, okay I was just going to say, I, I prefer, I really like George Harrison a lot. Yeah. And he's my favorite Beatle anyway. And my favorite Beatles since they broke up. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I think he's, it's hard to say you're un, unappreciated as, or not as appreciated as a, a Beatle, but you know, versus John and Paul, right. he is. And I, I think he's super innovative um, really inspired a lot of guitar people was doing stuff that hadn't been done before. Very like interesting. He's not, he's not like a flashy guitar player, but a very interesting guitar player. He has as good a voice as John to me. Like, I think he's as good a, a voice. Paul's got a better voice. Yeah. Um, as good a voice and just a great writer. If you think of all the Beatles stuff too, like something, John's, Taxman, voice, John's voice is, I'm, oh, I'm a Lenny guy, but John's voice eh. is better character than. Yeah, maybe. I, but I, it's not like a, the strongest voice. It's no, like, it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, just even the stuff that he was writing for the Beatles, I really loved as well. So, some of it's great. Some of it's a little too sitar, sitar for me. I don't mind that at all. I like the hippie stuff. Some of it's fine. Some of it's a bit much. Um, I'm, I'm mildly obsessed with the last five years of his life. Are you really? Yeah. Like, so he does the Beatles anthology. Yes. And he's the one that didn't want to do any more songs. So they do the first two, right? They do like- uh, Real Love and uh, is it- uh, Free as a Bird. Free as a Bird. Yeah. Free as a Bird is first. Did you say you like one of those? I didn't really like I them. I like them both, but I don't love either of them. Yeah. They're fine. Um, Free as a Bird is first, and then the other one is uh, the Real Love one. And I think they were going to do another one. And Harrison's like, yeah, no thanks. And he, he's like, he had a funny eye. He's like, I think like- um, Something like, oh, I talk about like, I, I wish some, I hope when I'm dead, someone takes my old demos and like makes a hit song or something like that. It was kind of like dismissive about the whole thing. Like, yeah. The whole thing's stupid, um, which it kind of was. But if you grew in the moment in the 90s and you were kind of a Beatles fan, it was, it was really fun to hear a new song. And I still actually will listen to that song once in a while and enjoy it. So in 99, New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve Eve, December 30th, before that, he has cancer. He's he one guy. He smoked his whole life. You have watched any Beatles stuff, or you watch. He had a cigarette on him all the time. Oh yeah. And um, he, we got uh, the warning in the documentary that there would be uh, uh, cigarette smoking. By the way, 
<laughs> before it even starts. Really? Like, Fuck you. God forbid you see that. Is that what's going to happen now? Like every black and white movie is going to have like... Yep. Great. Um, and he uh, smoked uh, a good chunk of his life, heavy duty smoker and gets lung cancer and they, they treat it and he was able to go in remission and... Um, yeah, radiation therapy, yeah. Yeah. Seemed to be doing... Okay. Yep. And New Year's Eve Eve, this madman breaks into his house. Psychophrenic. Uh, uh, schizophrenic man. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I start stabbing... He's, he's asleep with his wife in bed just breaks into the house and starts stabbing him yeah. 40 times. Yeah. And his wife, this unbelievable, Olivia, unbelievable, like courage of her. She gets up, gets like a, po- a fireplace poker and starts beating up the guy stabbing yes. George Harrison. This is wild. And I don't think I got enough attention. And this is going to be a, a trend in a story I tell in a second too, because it was right during the holidays, right before New Year's Eve. Yes. And it just kind of like people talked about it. If it didn't get, if that happened on, um, you know, April 19th, it would have gotten so much more coverage. I think you're right. Um, so she ends up beating up the attacker and able to basically put him down to the cops come. So they rush George Harrison hospital. He, it punctures his lung. Punctures like he's lung, messed up. Messed up. 40. Yeah. Stabbed 40 times. Um, and he survived. Uh, but friends and family believe that that trauma may have instigated his cancer to come back. Because when it comes back, it is more aggressive than before. Yes. Now, in the meantime, he hadn't done an album since this album, the one we're talking about right now in 87. That's right. And he's working on a new album. I don't know if part of it's because he knew he had he was going to die or part of it. Some of these songs that go on that album are stuff he did. They were like stuff he was doing for Traveling Wilburys. It didn't That's quite right. make the cut. So yeah. I think it was just kind of a collection of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, he gets diagnosed with cancer. Obviously, he comes back super, super charged and uh, he ends up dying uh in november of 2001 which is right now 11 right it, it co- what, i feel like I, it gets covered yes it gets covered up it's yes it's unbelievable like this guy's entire life is just being even though he's had this wild life and he's obviously he'll be remembered in history books long after almost any musician from this time because the beatles are gonna be the thing that outlasts all of us yes. uh, outlasts, i mean when i say all of us i mean like outlasts like that's the mozart from now like it'll last yes. 500 years from now people listen to beatles so yeah he'll have that but it's like the guy's entire life, even like as a guitarist in the seventies overshadowed by Compton. Yeah. And then, you know, with Beatles, it's obviously Paul and John. And in the eighties, like Matt's right. Like he's not doing a lot of music because like, he also saw the writing. He's a smart guy. Like we talked so much about these classic rock bands that all came to a screeching halt in the eighties for the reasons that I mentioned, the Rolling Stones, yep. all these guys. We mentioned all the goofy shit McCartney's doing. Yes. He probably saw that. I was like, no, thanks. Probably. And obviously we don't know what Lennon would have done, but McCart, you know, see McCartney do those oh, goofy, it's, it's, those goofy it's, videos of Michael Jackson. Like, not good. Doing? Not good. Embarrassing. So, uh, it, but it's just wild. Like how even in death, this guy manages to get overshadowed. It is crazy. And he died right around Thanksgiving. ish. So I was like, Thanksgiving ish of nine 11. Like, it's like no one. No, he didn't get at all. The, he like, would have been mourned. Yeah. If that happened any other time, he would have been like mourned. The next Beatle that dies, even if it's Ringo, is going to get such a it's such a bigger deal made about it than Harrison. I promise you, just because of the timing when Harrison died. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it, and it, it's so tragic. He he wasn't even sixty. He was like fifty eight or something. Fifty eight. I know it's super. Like, terrible. He was so young. I think you're right about the trauma too, because you have we have cancerous cells, we have rogue cells in our body, and our yeah. immune system just fights it off. But like if you've had, you've been stabbed forty times, you're you're healing. You're you're concentrating on healing that. Like you, you don't have enough energy you don't, to, uh, you know, to, to fight off cancer if it's going to well, come back. I know firsthand doctors have different points of view on that. So my father, really? uh, he, uh, he got, he was, mar- he was doing martial arts and he got 
kicked in the in the crotch very hard. He was hospitalized for a week. Yeah. This is back in like 1975. Yeah. Before he, I think he before he even met my mom. But he was like in serious. It was like serious damage was, was done, and he and he got hospitalized. He was fine. He healed. He was fine. But like the guy also ends up getting testicular cancer. Yeah. Like that. That's a wild coincidence. It is a wild coincidence. So some doctors. So that's what. So doctors will ask me, be like, "Oh, you already cancer your family?" So I tell them that story. And I'm like, so I don't know if it's going to really affect me. I haven't had any trauma or anything like that. And some doctors be like, well, it doesn't matter. I go, so 50-50. And other doctors are like, oh, no, that makes total sense. So mm. doctors are really conflicted. I believe that that trauma did start my father's. Sure. My father was incredibly healthy. We don't have a lot of cancer in my family. Like, it was so random. Like, yeah. that's a wild coincidence yeah, it is. that that happened. Um, my father believed uh, that, 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 that started. With yeah. That. And, my, and the cancer is wildly slow moving. So while it wasn't discovered until 1990, um, even when it was discovered, doctors said that he could have had it into the seventies. Jesus so it's like, Christ. All right. You start doing the math. And like, right. that's not, it, it, it could have stemmed from like, I, I believe, it, I believe from it damage. Has. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but the friends and family of George Harrison believe that the attack kind of restarted the cancer. And I believe <sighs> it did. I, I believe that trauma does just, Doesn't somebody reach, yeah. said, right. our body is, uh, is an organism. And when you, uh, when you abrupt things, Bad things can happen. You can only do so much. Especially when you're like in remission and you're in a sensitive situation yeah, right, like exactly. that. Like, He's already had it. Yeah. And yeah. yes, it probably would have came back and killed him eventually anyway, even if he hadn't been attacked. But maybe 10 years or right. 15 years or Maybe later. even another year. Like, we don't know. Like, we don't. Like, I, it's too much of a coincidence to me. that It is. So sure enough, he does put out uh, his son and uh, Jeff Lynn put out. You a Jeff Lynn fan? Yeah. The, uh, well, so actually, I think I give ELO a bad rap. I probably yeah. shouldn't. It's because of that Don't Bring Me Down song, which I fucking hate. No, I don't but the, like that song. But the other ELO songs are actually pretty good. And I think he's good on this album. He uh, is know, good on this album. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's obviously really it. talented. Yes, yeah. it's cool that him and Harrison are friends. Yes, because um, Lynn's on uh, Wilburys as well. Oh, and uh, produced like Full Moon Fever yeah. and like, a, like he's, he's a really he, talented. He guy. is a talented yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, Harrison's son, who seems like a really cool guy, uh, Donnie. Donnie. Um, just seems like a really like I don't know like I don't know any about him, but just I like how he just like handles the media and he isn't. He just seems to like get it. I don't know. And he seems like talented in his own right, but isn't also like seems comfortable. Like, yeah, I'm George Harrison's kid. I'll never yeah, come close to his heights. Yeah, and right. you kind of just like do your own thing and yeah. just try to create the best music you can, which is, I think, I don't know. He's, he seems like a really interesting guy. And they put out that album together and uh, it came out and it didn't, and you remember it didn't, no one really nah, talked about it, but it's no. actually not a bad album. I listened to a little bit of it, like prep for the show. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. This album is cloud nine. It did hit number eight. This is a really um, good album. Oh, you like it. I don't like it. I do. I like it a lot. I, I'm, I, it's not a great album. It's not something I listen to a ton. I do listen to that when we were fab one. Yeah, that's all right. But it's not a bad song. But it's only because I really, I like the Beatles a lot. Yeah. And like, it's just, a, I don't know. I just kind of like it. I just feel like it's kind of middle of the road. It's not doing yeah. anything interesting. Yeah, yeah uh, when we were fab, I think the Shanghai Surprise is a weird fucking song. It is weird. I, I just, don't mind it. Yeah, it's all right. It's and, all right. And yeah, this song. And then the other songs aren't bad. They're fine. I just feel like it's, it. like I said, it's, it's just not doing anything. It's, they're not, He's not exploring new territory at all. So it just kind of is a little bit boring where everything on the Beatles was exploring new territory. Right. But absent the Beatles. So I'm going to make this statement. Let me know if you agree with that. Yeah, okay. okay. So I like this song more than any Traveling Wilbury song, but I like oh. the Traveling, but I like the Traveling Wilbury's album more than this album. I don't like this song. No, I like There's Traveling Wilbury songs. I like better than this song, okay. but I, certainly I the, uh, but certainly uh, it's a good song, but certainly the other George Harrison songs I like better than any travels, Traveling Wilbury like Wilbury songs. Oh, Oh, the two like my sweet lord yes and, i agree and, with yeah, that all that yeah right but i think the traveling wilbury song i like i like better than the, the, actually and they're comp they're comparable this album is similar enough to wilbury's album that's what i mean we're yeah. a year apart yeah i mean and they had two of the members of and the wilburys are doing this album so right. they're, they're cousin out yeah they are they um are. 
The Royal Race is really interesting. It's, 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 um, I love Roy Orbison's voice. I love it. So unique. Um, he died so young too. I he's know. In his 50s. He has such a great voice. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, a, that's a sad one. And Tom Petty died, you know, relatively he young. He did too. I know. It's sad. He did. You know, like the Royal Race, Jeff Lynn and, um, Lynn's alive, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. And who else is? Uh, well, uh, oh, uh, of course, uh, Dylan. Dylan's and, alive. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's eighty. I think Too bad Springsteen wasn't part of that. I guess there was no room for him. But oh no, I yeah. Where where would you even fit him in? And yeah. I, it sounds. I mean, I don't know, but it seems like Springsteen's kind of a loner. Yeah. Like he's not really partnering a maybe. lot. Like I think he, he could have brought. Mission. If they did that, I wish they. I don't know. Maybe he's too old now. Be kind of cool if they like. I guess who would do it there with him? Bob Dylan's way too fucking old. Oh, like, Bob Dylan's way too old. No, 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 no. I'm talking like a new. A new Springsteen would have been the kid of that group. He would have. So like maybe Springsteen now is the elder, and we have like Springsteen Vetter. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, another yeah. group of guys where maybe Springsteen's like the that'd be like I would totally listen to something like that. Yeah, and I, I think there would be an audience for it. I agree. And like the Wolvers thing was so cool is because they they all did their best, but like none of it took it too seriously. They didn't seem. I, I mean, I don't know, but it seemed like the egos were all kept in check. Like, oh, totally. And they shared and they bounced off like each really other. Cool. Very cool. And they did two really, albums too. That's not just a one thing. Yeah. Two albums. That's that's impressive. It is. It was like, such a great time. We like this enough. Yeah. It was easy enough for us to do. It speaks we'll volumes it about George Harrison as a person. Because, like, I think a lot of other artists, I don't know. I mean, it's all of them. Dude, I mean, we're talking about Harrison today. He that's helped why. the guy that stole his wife yeah, I don't know, yeah. get, get recovery, weird. though. Yeah, that's weird. No, but I'm, George Harrison seems like a good guy. I know. I mean, the whole concert. Well, Harrison did some thing. weird stuff, though. Harrison uh, cheated on something drunk with Star's wife. So. Yeah. It's weird. It's it was, a groovy time back was, then. Yeah. Groovy time. Well, you, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I did want to talk about- You were about, alive in the 70s more than I was. So yeah, you, man. you can speak to it more than I can, I guess. Oh, I felt groovy as a much old, Much older than I am. Yeah, well. Less old in spirit, though. You're kind of an old well, cranky bitch. I don't think so. I did want to talk about the song. So it is a cover um, by uh, this guy, James Ray. Did you see any of this stuff? I'm sorry. I haven't heard the original, though. Check this. Listen to this change. Really good. That's really good. This guy's tragic. So, um, James Ray. He, uh, it, I, I love the field change. There's three field changes in there. It's really, really cool writing. So, he's destitute. He's a 19-year-old kid, destitute. He's trying to make it as a musician. He's on the street, and he gets befriended by this songwriter named Hutch Davey. Hutch Davey writes this song. Um, and ends up like as his writing partner and does, uh, does this other song that the Beatles covered called if, uh, if you got to make a fool of somebody Beatles, I don't know that there's a recording of them doing it, but they would play it at shows oh, Okay, because they ran into him. Brian Epstein had this guy's album, oh. uh, in his record store, oh. his family owned record stores and he managed a record store. That's how he got, you know, saw the Beatles and, and, uh, got introduced to the Beatles and, uh, and simultaneously George Harrison grabbed his his sister was living in the United States and five months before the, the Beatles were on tour here and went on the Ed Sullivan show, she had this album in her collection and he loved it. Yeah. And so he'd been sitting on this and thinking about it for year, for decades until he covers, I got my, uh, got my mind set on you. And, um, but the sad thing is about James Ray's, uh, he, he overdosed when he was 23 years old. Oh. So we have this like one record from him and, and that's it. But I really, I really like this. I listen I wonder, to some of the tracks. Wonder how, like, this family, like, who owned? Uh, probably not. I'm sure. I wonder who owned the rights to the song. I don't know. That's like, a good who, question. Like, because this song, like you mentioned, number three song in 1988, 
Some became monster hit, and typically the writers are the one that benefit. I know. I wonder who got that payday. He did. Uh, he charted um, his song. If that song that the Beatles covered, "If You Got to Make a Fool," it hit ten on the R and B charts mm. in 1963, and 22 on the Hot 100. Oh. So I mean, he had a mild yeah. hit, and then and uh, you know huh. had a record, but then died really young. Mm. Sad. Very talented. I I, I like that version a lot. That's it's good, really yeah. cool. Didn't know it. Uh, and then I think that's it really. I mean, I, this song, it's a weird structure. It really is heavy on the, on the chorus and the other parts just seem glue. Maybe the, um, oh, did you watch both of the videos? I did. I did. I don't think you need two videos. Both I, are don't fine. Think, I don't understand why I did it. Maybe you thought the first one was too racy. It was the same director for no, both. It wasn't too racy. It wasn't. The other one though, the one where you have the uh, study playing in the background. That's the one I know. That's the one everyone knows. That's the one that was played. Yeah. The other one. That one's in an arcade. Yeah. That's not, that's like a. Yeah, yeah. I'd never. I don't. No, maybe I'd I, seen it. No. I, yeah, I don't remember. The other one was on all the time. All the time. Right. And it's just probably like watching that video. Though you're like, and he was not. He wasn't much older than us. He looks like he's thousand. Years he old. does look like a thousand. I mean, he always did though. Um, but uh, well, all that smoking and then just, he just the touring. Always, he always looked a thousand years old. They were on speed all the time. You you yeah, hear but, about the Beatles? But Carney looked young for a long time. Like, Harrison, yeah, Harrison right. has always looked so old. I guess so. Um, I guess so. And. uh Where's it going with that? Oh, the the video. That's the one you, you really saw where and I'm, I was watching. I was like, so gray. And I was like, I can't imagine if we had a pop star or whatever. I had like a, a major pop song by a guy that old now. Like with that. I don't know that it works. Not like that. Like you, would you see that? It would be an anomaly. It would be something that's would, I mean, way different than what's too, happening though. on. He was, yeah, this absolutely. Was an anomaly too, like right now when it's all, you know, Drake and uh, Billie yeah. Eilish, like if you have someone who does something way different, it's an older artist. Old relic, though. It has to be like, it would have to be someone like, we said Eddie Vedder or yeah. like, Better could probably do had like a like hit that. song now though. It'd be like weird. Yeah. I think it, I th that'd be strange. I think it would happen. Like you saw, there was a, like, an, I don't know, an American Idol winner. At oh one yeah. Point, well, we did super like the soul, soul Patrol guy. And him too. Yeah. I mean, he's not quite, I mean, he just looks grayer. He's probably early thirties oh, when that happened, but yeah. no, there was an older woman, I think who had just an amazing voice and she pulled it off. Um, no, I think you can see a spectacular talent do something, no, and, but it's just weird, through, but like, it is weird. I just to have like a massive, like pop hit. Like this song was, like I said, it was everywhere. It was a Chuck E. Cheese to cover. Like this was everywhere. I suppose it's not that far from the, cause it, you know, from this time to the Beatles, it's only from like now to 2003 or four. So it's not, oh, I guess you're right. I guess it's not that the generation removed, I guess it, it is that way. So, right. So who would that be? I guess like, uh, right. Like Mariah Carey had a big, I guess I wouldn't feel that strange now. No, I wouldn't. Part of it is because Harrison looks so old. It did. It was funny. Were we supposed to believe that was that tongue in cheek when the guy cheek. did the flip? Yeah. Cause, cause I, it, it's not even edited well. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's like a yeah, new guy. I, I think right. it's supposed to be. It's a joke. Yeah. He also laughs too, or yeah, he he's, reacts. He's, yeah. No, no, but he reacts in a different point too when the cards all fly out of the out of the desk and he like kind of looks at it. Yeah. I think he's like having fun. He's, yeah. And he, it you know, does look this fun. is the guy who's in Hard Day's Night. Yeah. Like he he wrote, he's with McCartney and especially Glennon. Like he understands like irony. He understands like yeah. how silly and goofy shit is. And like and he is always goofy. had a good sense of humor. He like did. all those, all four of those guys. I think that's what, like what makes the Beatles work too. They really like, they're do. all like on their own. They're all pretty funny guys. They are. They're all really smart. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like why it worked, but Harrison's a genius. I mean, I absolutely. And like, it's, a, it's really sad tragedy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I don't think enough people like ignore, cause the other thing too is like Lennon died so young. It's like, Oh, Lennon dies at 48. But it's like, well, this guy was only 58. He's been gone now for 20 years. Like we're, we're going to hit the 20. I think we just passed the 20 year anniversary of it. Yeah, I think and, you're right. um, yeah, November, right. Yeah. No one cared, you know? And, uh, 
but you know, Lennon's, you know, 40th and everyone's like, yeah, I get it. Lennon's a bigger deal. I understand. I'm a Lennon guy, but, um, it's just sad. It's just, I know. It's just like this kind of, I don't know. No. Like Ringo gets credit for being like the fourth guy in the group. So it's almost like Ringo gets credit for being the, you know what I mean? Like you get more credit for being the fourth guy than you do for being the third guy. I don't know. Everybody, sh- everybody shits on Ringo. Like, I know, people- but that's the thing is what I'm saying, but you get more acknowledgement. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, because he, you know he's saying? a quiet like, be like, he, he wasn't, he really was. He didn't put himself yeah. in the spotlight like the other two. I mean, he wasn't sing you know, see right. the, the visions of John and Paul singing harmonies together, sometimes on the same mic. Like, you didn't see that with, uh, with, with George. He was just sort of in the background a lot, but super talented. And they, I mean, I also think it's kind of shitty too. I, I know you have super geniuses with, with, uh, John and Paul, but yeah. he really wasn't allowed to put a lot of songs on I the know. albums. And, yep. and particularly until late, like some of the later, you know, yep. last maybe three or four albums, he could get like two spots. But they're all really good. Like his songs are really good. Something is a beautiful song. It's a fucking awesome song. And that's kind of sad. Um, so I wonder how much they held him down. I don't know. Or, or where they're, you know, maybe there's some friction there from it. Oh, and he was, had no, insecurity. Totally friction about it. Absolutely. He had some insecurity. You see, we, I was talking about this on a couple episodes when I was watching the, that, the Beatles documentary there. Like you could, he's in, seems insecure in some of the spots too. And I don't blame him. I mean, he's around geniuses too, but he's also a genius in his own right, but he's not getting the same cred that the, the other two are with John and Paul, the good looking Beatles. I read, I read a somewhere. I read a, um, a joke from a, uh, might've been on Twitter. It's a stand up, whatever. And yeah. said, uh, you know, because you're right. They only got like he only got one or two slots an album, right? Yeah. So basically, what that means is like McCartney and Lennon like heard like My Sweet Word or What Is Life was like, nah, right? Like, no thanks. Right. No, uh, we we got something better. Okay. <laughs> like, two of the best songs like ever, and they're like, eh, yes. That, that, that's pretty funny. My Sweet Lord, it's such a good song. So I, you know, I I usually get a little bit uh, when things are talking about God, but like it is the it is. It doesn't matter. Like it tran- to transcend that. Like I, I get irrationally my hackles up when I hear music that talks about God. I just, I just do. I don't know. It's not, it's not right, but I just do. But that one transcends it. No problem. It's so good. The writing is so awesome. The it changes keys all over the place. It's just a. It's really an amazingly written song. Watching the wheels is my favorite. That's a good one. Uh, non, you know, post Beatles. That's a good one song by any Beatle. Yeah. But like those, you know, those other two by Harrison, like those, those are, those are right there in the top five. Yeah. I also think like Living Let Die is in my top five. It's a great one. This song is in my top 10. It's, it's uh, a, of it's, like it's uh, a, it's post a Beatles one. stuff. Yeah. Like, it's a very good it's song. It's really good. Uh, yeah. Mind Games is probably in my top 10 somewhere. I don't have a lot of Ringo in there, but I have, but what Har- he, what's Harrison, his, how come I can't think of Ringo's number one? I, I could try to find it. I mean, I know I've, I would know it. Oh, what the fuck? He had one in the eighties. God damn it. No, he didn't. I swear he did. Did he really? Yeah, I swear he had one in the early 80s. The fuck was it? Don't, oh. it don't come easy. Is that one? Oh, if you want to sing the blues and you know it don't come easy. Yep. Yep. When was that? I don't know. So yeah. easy. That's a big hit. That's a legitimate hit. That, that, but that, I, but I mean, yeah. The fuck's the second one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ringo, I, I feel like I feel in one sense I feel bad for Ringo, but in the other sense, like John and Paul are playing drums sometimes on these tracks. It's kind of like, well, <laughs> pretty good. Well, what the we're, hell? We're, it's like, hey, it's good. you have to be the backup quarterback when they win a Super Bowl. It's pretty good. That's not bad. Still got the ring. That's true. But and his songs are not good. Like Yellow Submarine's Ugh. not a good song. Like, Octopus Garden. Octopus Garden. No, no, I wanna be. Oh, it's like not the worst Beatles song. It's awful. Just I get passed up. Like just give George another. I know. Songs. What the fuck? I know. Imagine me and George Harrison. You're like, oh, really, dude? You're gonna put Octopus's Garden on this bitch? <laughs> really, guys? Like I only get two- Octopus's Garden. Yeah. Like yeah. 
Yellow submarine? <laughs> I'd be pissed if I were him. I almost wonder if like McCartney and Lennon were like, let's fuck with George. <laughs> yes, they were a troll. Let's give, troll let's George. Give Ringo a He's so sucks. sensitive. Ringo doesn't even want to write so I'm right like fucking <laughs> <non> <laughs> stupid Make shit he says nonsense. all the time. Fuck with George. Make him do a video. Ah, uh, yeah, not 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 good. Um, but George Harrison, very good, and and yeah. I'm glad we got to talk to talk about him. I don't. Maybe if we hit a traveling Woolburys, we'll get to say see some other stuff. But yeah, it's out of our time. You're right. You know, so that's too bad. But uh, mm -hmm. I think that's it, pretty much for uh, for this and the episode. Yes. Talk to you guys in a bit. See ya.